0: Insights, a podcast by pharma.aero. Good day, everyone, and welcome to our pharma.aero collaborative podcast. I am Frank van Gelder. Join us as we explore today the arrival of the new generation of digital technologies in the life science logistics. And we are getting the very valuable insights of the pharmaceutical manufacturers in this episode. With us are Cesar Gil Martinez, Procurement, Regional Manager of Europe, Middle East and Asia, Transportation and Warehousing of Bayer. Roland Yap, Asia-Pacific, Head of Policy, Partnerships and Healthcare Systems Novartis. And last but not least, Gergely Schwarzig, Director Global Distribution, Zoetis. Gentlemen, welcome. Thank you. Cesar, data-empowered data analytics have become a new asset. AI, machine learning, and their impact on different processes, both in R&D as in production standards. How do you perceive this within your industry segment?
1: I will focus myself mainly on the logistics area um, because obviously there is also a lot of uh, artificial intelligence and data mining there. And um, obviously that will affect a lot the, the establishment of trends for the supply chain and the logistics. In the end, for example, on consumers uh, and pa- or patients' uh, seasonality, etc., Uh, So there will be a lot of impact also uh, downstream, let's say, on the sales and operations uh, planning, for example, of the company. So it will have a lot of impact uh, end to end, obviously. Um, Also, when you think about identifying disruptions on your supply chain, for example, making your supply chain uh, fully resilient, you know, and identifying possible uh, issues down your supply chain as well. For example, I'm thinking about making supply chains more resilient, obviously, detecting events along the transport, for example, or damages in stock transit, etc., and be able to really intervene on a, on a real time no? and, and saving that product or, or making that product being suitable for the patient administration in the end, for example. Also, I don't want to extend too much, but also we need to consider sustainability, possible elements, you know, and the data mining and, and, you know, getting more insights on your carbon footprint and, you know, things like, uh, for example, the projects for the um, Pharma Aero Green Lane, for example, this could be also... Uh, an asset, you know, all these data mining and the machine learning and AI, for example, in the future, you know. So also last but not least, maybe when we have the possible future pandemics in the end, which we know sooner or later will will come as well. I think this uh, artificial intelligence will be key also to be able to to tackle the problem sooner than later, right?
2: Roland Novartis. Thank you for the question. So let me put it this way. If you look at data science, it actually focuses on managing, processing, and interpreting big data to effectively inform decision-making. Now, if you look at the relationship with machine learning, it's very interesting because machine learning, more often than not, leverages on the algorithm to analyze data, learn from it, and forecast trends. And if you look at AI, AI is a different thing altogether because it requires continuous feed of data to learn and improve decision-making. So if you look at all in entirety, whether it is different processes within R&D in production standards, what we need to focus on is this word, interoperability, which means to say one system must be able to read, interpret, and talk to one another. Any gaps in between is going to cause chaos, misunderstanding, and more often than not, the time factor is highly critical. So in my industry, I would say within the pharmaceutical, healthcare, or even vaccine industry, I would say time is of essence. So whatever data we generate, interpret, and process, what is even more important is the science behind the data. Meaning to say, the insights that we derive from the numbers, the quantitative measure, must be able to give you that qualitative insights. Sergey,
1: okay.
3: yeah, First of all, thanks for having me. Um, as, soon as you know, it's a success and growth are innovation. So, AI is already incorporating, not just making a better decision, but uh, really increasing and improving the standard of care. Uh, we are using AI in medical devices and wet scan images business areas. Our CEO, Kristin Peck, recently in an interview gave a good example that I also would like to share because it's, uh, it's, it's really, really good. So we have a product like uh, called Cat Pain IQ uh, because it's hard to get the cat into the carrier and go to the vet and the cats uh, hide their pain incredibly well. So what you can do is just take your phone, make a video, you can upload to the site, and with the EI, we can let you know if the cat has highly likelihood of osteoarthritis, so joint pain. Uh, vets can also see this video, and of course we have a new product, Sulensia. It's a monoclonal antibody therapy, which is helping... It's also we are going to launch in the US Librello. It's also helping the dogs with the joint pains, with the, with the hips pain. So everything we do, in, especially in the medical device uh, areas, we are using a lot of AI's.
0: Thank you. And I would like to stay with you for yeah, the sure. next okay. questions. I would like to talk about a centralized patient hub connected e-health telemedicine. But I hear you already saying that it's even possible for animals, for animal health, yeah?
3: And so, this is a good example. So you can just take a video and you can you can, you can just communicate with the vets, or the vets can take some samples of bloods, and until you are a waiting room, they we can already see the, some some results. So and you don't have to wait days. So I think it's uh, the technology is growing, but it's it's already there. Great. So the model is changing a bit, and it's
0: probably going to come more and more and more. So I want all of you your input on this centralized patient hub, this telemedicine it will definitely have an impact on the supply chain and logistics model behind. Rather, when patients come to a hospital now, the hospital comes to the patient. So what do you see there, Gergé, as a potential hurdle or danger in, in making this a mainstream of future healthcare and related logistics, of course?
3: It's an interesting question because we see different regulations in different areas all over the world. So, in the US, uh, let's say the rules are different, maybe a bit more flexible. Uh, we just recently, during the master Masterclass mentioned and talked about uh, the Amazon, who is delivering right the medicines for the patient. At the moment, in Europe, that's not possible because of the regulations. It will make change, but that could change the industry, of course. It will be a totally different uh, business model to make a delivery at home. It's like the Amazon effect, and uh, that will definitely change the the logistic industry, especially the last mile deliveries.
1: César, hearing this, regulations, ethical as well, so how do you see this? Obviously, regulation, data privacy, I think there are, for example, some countries or Clusters, for example, when we think about the EU or Asia, some of them are more risk adverse or, or risk takers as well. So these barriers will at some point have to be broken down, right, to get this direct to patient, for example. Also, I see another possible hurdle and we need to really work hard. And this is why we are here in this forum, obviously. It's about sharing real platforms of technology, you know, and really making sure we can collaborate all of us without uh, any other hurdles, such as um, company intellectual property, etc. But at least to share really those those platforms, those IT tools. Eh? So really making this collaboration that we've been talking so so much in this forum of into the into a more tangible way as well. No? And another possible hurdle that I see, even though the Technology is, is advancing a lot, but we need to make it even leaner as well to implement you know, within within systems, within companies. Uh, again, always respecting the data privacy and intellectual property, but uh, making it really more leaner, not taking hours of uh, IT developments, etc. So making it more smooth, I would say. You know, that's what I see.
0: Okay, plug and play with data in an easy way. But then, of course, and now I look at your title, uh, Roland, Head of Policy Partnerships and Healthcare Systems. So how do you see this? Because it's really about changing a healthcare system.
2: Thank you for the question. So the way I look at it, in my geography, Asia-Pacific region easily we cover more than 22 markets. So if you understand the operating play of pharmaceutical company, it's highly regulated environment, you deal with life and death, So it's highly important that data, centralized uh, systems, and even command centers need to be safe and secure, right? That's number one. Number two, from the safety of patient point of view, it is highly important that all data will not face with security breach. And this is very, very important because if you look at Asia as a whole, there are Infrastructure gaps, security gaps in different geography. Some countries are running faster than others. So what we need is really a harmonization of standards to make sure that data system, processes, command center all are efficient enough to talk to one another. And to your point, Cesar, simplification is critical because without a simplified systems, people will find it very difficult to navigate. So from the policy perspective, what I do is I influence and advocate where are the policy gaps that need to be addressed in the Asia-Pacific markets. Then I look at the potential sweet spot of partnership. What can pharmaceutical companies do to help government to be successful? And then finally, when I address the healthcare system, this is where I think Pharma Aero will be able to play a very critical role To set up a platform so that government, academic agencies, Institute of Higher Learning, supply chain folks, all need to come together to have a common understanding how we can collaborate and support one another as we move forward to address the future challenges of healthcare.
0: I want to stay with you because this was actually my third question. We have machine learning, we have technology, but at a certain moment you touched the point already and I want to go further on it human involvement, human skills. How important is, besides speeding up technology, speeding up our skills?
2: So I would think speeding up our skill is something that you see the education system running at different speeds. Of course, we are very respectful of the state of art and technology in the US and Europe. I think Asia, as it continues to rise, it must adopt best practices both in the U.S. and in Europe. And more importantly, there's this important element about localization. And this is where we need to leverage best practices in U.S., in Europe, and how we can combine what some of the academic agencies or institutions here, for example, in Singapore. As you know, very lately, Singapore, National University of Singapore, Even though we are a small country, it's now world ranking number eight in the world. And that is simply because NUS firmly believes in collaborating with the top universities in the world and draw top talents and minds into Singapore to do first class research. And this is highly important. If Farmer Arrow can be in this space to influence top leadership, I think this is a superb way to enhance the next generation of skills for the future of healthcare.
1: Thank you. César, what do you want to add on it? Yeah, I think um, we've been talking a lot during the event about cross-pollination of knowledge, creating forums, events, working groups, etc. I think this is crucial, and I think the role of uh, Fama Aero is crucial. But also... It's not only about talking. We need action. We need, a, you know, and this is good. The, the outcomes from these meetings, like the white papers, and obviously the, the more in detail or in depth uh, working groups, for example, in sustainability, for example, the Green Lane. So all those initiatives from the industry needs to be channeled via some of these forums, which I think is very good that we are in in one of them now. So I think they are accelerators of these new ideas and approaches to the logistics industry. And uh, again, companies like, like us, like Bayer, for example, we are looking forward to being more actively involved in this no? and, and being cooperating with Pharma Aero and other partners in this respect. So, Gerger, last but not least, what is your
3: vision on this? Yeah, for us, Zoedis so data is also very, very important. We are doing an effort to improve data quality across the company. We have several projects and also uh, data governance launch and learn programs, what we have. Uh, of course, to learn the data, to understand the responsibility, how to handle the data, manage the data, it's, it's extremely important. And um, as, as I previously also mentioned, you, Formula Dero is a great platform. We learn a lot. There's a skill set and mindset what we have to adopt and have to learn on this because data is the, the next oil, as we say. Right?
0: I like the mindset because next to skills, the mind and the heart is probably the most important. That brings me also to thank you for your input in this podcast series. So thank you very much cesar Gil Gilles-Martinez of Bayer, Roland Yap of Novartis and Gergely Sorschik of Zoetis. And I would like to thank you as our listeners for being with us in this podcast series. My name is Frank van Gelder. Till the next time and all the best to you. Insights. A podcast by Pharma.ero.